ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin Carter Podcast, live in studio here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Bring you the best information, content we can possible on raising your kids, technology, social media, all the screen stuff, trying to keep your kids safe in this crazy world they're growing up. And thanks so much for joining. Let's go. Today is Monday, July 13th. This is an impromptu podcast. I wasn't planning on doing today, but uh, some stuff I shared on my Instagram today obviously struck a nerve and had a lot of messages from parents uh, saying, oh my gosh, could you please talk more about this? Could you please talk more about this? Could you answer this question? So I thought, you know what? I put some notes together. I have a lot to talk about today. Uh, and so I hope it's uh, very helpful. This is the, this episode, trigger warning uh, for all of you uh, trigger warning people out there. Uh, I'm going to talk about some stuff today that uh, nothing too bad, nothing too crazy, but it's going to be some eye-opening stuff. Uh, quick mental health check-in. How are you doing? Did you have a glass of water today? Have you had a glass of water at all this week? It's Monday or what is it? Man, Monday. Uh, have you showered in the last four days? Uh, have you turned the news off? Have you took Facebook off your phone? Uh, have you turned off the news? Have you unfollowed all the toxic people in your life? If you haven't, go do that real quick. I'll wait for you. All right, you did it. Good job. Okay, so I do care about you, and I care about your mental health. Uh, it feels like a lot of our nervous systems are like just totally being depleted right now with all the craziness. I got a friend in Houston, Texas, that said today's obituary in the Houston Chronicle was 43 pages. Like, this is so scary, so sad. Um, so turn off the news and, uh, and, and do things that make you happy uh, because there's not a whole lot we can do other, other than do the best we can ourselves and our families, right? Uh, so today we have a lot to talk about, uh, and I'm going to kick it off by sharing a message I got, which I then shared on Instagram, which kind of kicked this whole thing off today. And I'm going to pull it up right here for just a second. So I get a, I get messages like this a lot from parents. Uh, there's a lot of parents out there that have this mindset that as long as I monitor my kids' stuff, as long as I monitor everything's going to be fine. This is something that we love to tell ourselves that if we put an app that can monitor, uh, it's going to do our job for us. Uh, or you hear from your parents uh, in the neighborhood, like, oh, I just use this. Or I just monitor and they're fine. Uh, and I am here to lovingly shake you and dust the sand off your head uh, and pull your fingers out of your ears and say that you can't just do that anymore. So here's a message I got today from a Minecraft mom. She said, I am a very proactive parent who constantly monitors my children's devices. My son has been acting strange for about a week. So there's red flag number one, like dimming his phone light, shutting his bedroom door, staying in his room a lot. I wonder what he's doing on his phone way more than normal. So those are red flags. Your kids, whenever they're uh, struggling, they're, they're always throwing red flags. And people say, how do I know if my kid's struggling? You know because something's off and you are your kid's best monitoring app. If you want to download the best app to monitor what your kids are doing, that is called Y-O-U. That's you. That's free. It's not even on the app store. So uh, there's some red flags. Those are things he really never did. Last night, I asked for his phone to go through it which I'm sure he was very really, uh, thrilled about. His sister had seen him texting an unknown number, but it was gone. He deleted it, and then he confessed it to me. And after much prying, I learned that he was chatting on Minecraft, an app that I was told, it's actually a game, that you couldn't chat in, and he would only join his sister to play in the app, knowing that I, pri knowing that I pried more. That's a good thing. I said, what would you do if your sister was chatting in there and doing those things, and he assured me that she couldn't? I asked him why, and he said because he was something something. Oh, because he was logged into Minecraft with his cousin's Xbox account, which allowed him to chat. So there's a big thing you understand, parents, is that kids will find a way. Remember that from Jurassic Park? Nature will find a way. Life finds a way. Uh, kids will find a way. He was logged into his Minecraft with his cousin's Xbox account, and that allowed him to chat with strangers. The Predator's he was chatting with convinced him to send inappropriate pictures. Use your imagination upon an investigation. And it's only uh, upon my invest investigation. And it's only been a week and I am sick. The mom says a seed has been planted and I can only pray it doesn't go farther. Now, one thing that's amazing is that that's not true. You can't just only pray that things go, don't go farther. In fact, I would say prayer prayer is amazing, but action in this situation is a lot better than just praying things to go away, right? 
I realized today, oh, so he said, she said this, he no longer has his phone. And I realized today that no matter how proactive you are, kids can still find a way. Uh, if and when we decide he needs a phone again, it will be a Gab phone. He's almost 14. For those who don't know what Gab is, uh, obviously, hopefully you do. Uh, Gab phones are smartphones that look smart, but they can just call, text, listen to FM radio. That's it. And there's a camera, but there's no MMS, so they can't send or receive them any pictures. Uh, and then she said this. I actually called the phone number he was texting and did a background check. Ooh, yeah. And it wasn't a 14-year-old female like he thought. Duh. Who do you think it was? It was an older man. Uh, he thought he was texting or chatting on Minecraft with a 14-year-old girl, um, which obviously she sent him photos first, which this pedophile obviously just found somewhere on the internet and then sent to this boy. We're going to talk about how they do this, how they're so good, how these creepo pedophiles and sexual predators are all over the internet dressed as sheep, uh, but are actually wolves. She then said, we filed a police report and the officer talked to my son. Ooh, now we're taking it to the next step. We also had an hour intervention and he just cried and kept saying, I'm not one of those kids. I don't want y'all to think I have a pornography problem because I don't. Uh, I would call BS on that as well. Uh, there's reasons why the doors are shut. If your teenage boy, especially girls too, but if your teenage boy has a smart device in their, in their bedroom and the doors are being shut, there's porn being watched, okay? I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's probably what's happening 100% of the time. I just don't have any friends. Oh, this is the th part that broke my heart. Uh, he said, I don't have a pornography problem because I, he said, don't think I have a pornography problem because I don't. And then he said this, I just don't have any friends and I want someone to talk to. That's what he was doing. He just wanted someone to talk to. So, understand, and I share this on Instagram today, that right now with COVID and shutdown and schools and friends cannot talk to each other, cannot hang out, they still want to connect. They still need the needs that they have, which are to be seen and heard and loved. They need to connect. And when he said, I just don't have any friends and I just wanted someone to talk to, so guess what? Understand that kids need that and understand this. So do the sexual predators. They know that too. They know this. They know that your kids want to be seen, heard, love. They know they want some kind of attention. They want someone to talk to. They want someone to care about them and to ask them questions and to act interested in them. We all want these, right? We all do. If you don't believe me, go on Facebook and see how many of your grown adult friends post thirst traps all over the place on Facebook. Uh, we prayed as a family that God would send him a friend. And it was heart-wrenching. I'm so thankful it only went for a week. God is so merciful. Now, I want to talk a bit about this um, because I get messaged all the time. Usually it's not from the parents, though. Usually it's from the kids. I cannot tell you how many times I have been messaged after assemblies from girls and boys, especially girls, that say, Mr. Karchner, thank you so much for the assembly. Uh, I need to share something with you. One uh, of those messages I share when I do parent nights, if you've, uh, some, I'm, uh, I've, I've shared a couple parent nights. Uh, was from a 14-year-old girl up in Logan, Utah. So I spoke at these uh, all the middle schools one day, and the following Sunday was, uh, I think, Super Bowl Sunday. And I checked my DMs, and I got a message from this girl. And she said, Colin, I made a mistake. Uh, I started uh, having inappropriate conversations with a boy who I met on Snapchat. And I gave in. He asked for, he sent me photos of him. And so I gave in, and I sent photos back. And whenever I say send photos, I mean nude photos. I mean some form of I'm not wearing clothes or here's me in a bra and panties or whatever, or here's the DP, whatever it is. Uh, he sent me some, so I sent him back. And now he's threatening to expose them. Uh, it turned out this guy, Spencer, wasn't actually a 16-year-old boy like she thought. This guy was a grown 50-year-old man in Illinois. Um, she even sent me the screenshot from the messaging back and forth which was so heartbreaking to read. He was saying things like, if you don't send me $2,000 by Friday, I will, quote, make you popular with your nudes. I will make you popular. He was starting to expose them. He told this girl, uh, and these predators are so good at getting to the human nature of kids. You know, they, when you're that age, like you don't want anyone to call on you at school, let alone expose your photos, right? Um, and so he said, uh, I'm gonna make you popular with your nudes if you don't send me 2,000 bucks. And, and he literally was telling her how he, she could get the money, 
right? Use your mom's credit card. Go do this. Go on this website. Send me a, a gift card. It was ridiculous. I told her to screenshot the entire conversation, send it to me uh, because I didn't want her to actually delete it because she didn't want her parents to find out, whatever it was. Um, I was on the phone within a couple minutes with Logan PD, told uh, them about the situation. Uh, and then I, uh, they said they're on it. And uh, I messaged her back. And what she wrote back to me then was heartbreaking. She said, thank you so much for helping me. But please, she said, when you have the police come talk to me about this, will you tell them to go and uh, knock on the back door or let me meet them down the street? If anything, don't turn on their sirens. And I said, why? And she said, because if I do, because if they make a loud noise, then my mom and my dad are going to find out. And I said, okay, well, why wouldn't you want them to find out? She said, well, if they find out, my mom will take my phone. That was it. That's the only thing she cared about in this situation was that her mom would freak out and then she'd lose her phone. I cannot tell you how many times thousands of messages from teenagers or tweens telling me after assemblies, hey, Colin, thanks for the assembly and I need to tell you about something. And they go off on how they are being cyber bullied so bad they are suicidal or they've been caught uh, or they've been uh, sucked into sexting with a boy or girl at school and now they're being threatened to have their, their nude photos leaked. Uh, they're self-harming and they're hiding it from their parents. Kids that are going through so many hard things, so many sad situations. And my first response after, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, uh, is usually, have you told mom or dad? And the number one response is no. And I say, why? They say, number one, if I do, she'll take or he'll take my phone. Um, we've got to fix that. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, uh, if you have accidentally without thinking or unwillfully, and now we're at the situation where that phone is the most important thing in your kid's life um, because you've used the phone as the pawn to get them to do anything you want them to do. Um, it has been used as the reward and the punishment and that's it. And I know parenting's hard and it's, you know, to get kids to do stuff is hard. But if you have somehow mistakenly made the phone the most important thing in their life, a lot of your kids are going through uh, very tough situations, things that would be almost criminal, like in this situation where they're being ex uh, extorted or things like that. And they're not telling you because they're worried you can take their phone away. Because it's not just a phone. It is a connection to the whole world. It is a connection to their friends, especially right now, right? So, uh, so I shared that message um, and I talked a little bit about uh, how these pedophiles are so, I mean, as, as hard as we work as parents, just understand the wolves, the pedophiles and the creepers and the predators and the sextortionists, they work 10 times harder. Um, I have spoken in areas, one was in Idaho where uh, right before I went up there, um, someone got busted for a sextortion ring where they were going after kids on Snapchat, pretending they were a boy or a girl their age, and then sending them photos, and then got the kids sent photos, and then they were extorting them for money or for more pics or for sex. Um, one of them was in a little city called Blackfoot, Idaho. This was like maybe a year ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that. And uh, this girl was actually a guy, and he was in his mid-30s. Um, and the police told me that they had 140 cases of other minors in and around the area. 140 other kids this person been doing it to. Um, so anyway, so I shared, I shared this, uh, this uh, message and I said, you know what? So uh, kids are home and they want to connect and they want someone to care about them. And if they don't get that from us, uh, where are they going to get it from? Now with COVID and with the quarantines and with the disconnection and with kids not being able to hang out with their friends like they used to, I feel so bad for the kids who don't have healthy connections at home. Um, when I think about sending kids back to school, I'm very, very conflicted because part of me says, okay, we have a virus that's uncontainable right now. And a lot of teachers and old people at school can get sick and kids can get sick and asymptomatic and the spread rates and the R knots and all that stuff. This is not a good time to send back kids into groups and teachers, et cetera. But then the other part of me thinks about all the kids who have been ripped from their one safe place uh, because they don't have healthy connections and they don't have a healthy uh, home environment. And school was their safe place where they got everything they really needed. Love, affection, attention, um, and a safe meal, a safe place, and, a, and maybe a meal, hopefully, right? As long as they pay it off their school lunch debt. Why do we have school lunch debt? How, how was it? How do we live here? And we have, the, how is that even a thing? Ugh, that's a whole nother podcast. 
the last four years I paid off our school's uh, lunch debt at my school. I don't tell anyone that, but I just told you. And sometimes for the entire elementary school, like at the end of the school year, it's like 120 bucks. Um, anyways, so back to my story, wherever I was. Uh, so kids struggling. So uh, Tim Ballard, who's a hero of mine and a lot of ours who uh, started Operation Underground Railroad, he chimed in this today uh, on, uh, on an Instagram Live. I'm gonna play for just a little piece of it. Right here. There's been unintended consequences due to the COVID-19 lockdowns and the shutdowns. Kids are taken out of the infrastructure that's keep, that keeps them safe. They're told to sit on their, their smartphones and their laptops and the pedophiles are doing the same thing. They're also home, jobless, and they're asking our kids. And it's really bad. The reports that came out from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children have confirmed that there's been literally millions of additional reports of child sex assault originating online than there was the same time last year. Our kids are vulnerable, and when we made the decisions to lock everything down, somehow we didn't bring them to the table. They weren't part of the discussion. They were part of the discussion. And when have kids ever been part of the discussion? And that's why I fight for the kids because uh, the kids have been thrown under the bus uh, for a lot of this. And I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, things with school and with COVID. I'm talking about all this technology that we threw at them uh, and smartphones and social media apps. Um, I'll never forget, and I share this message uh, uh, a lot of times when I speak, uh, from a high school senior girl after I spoke at a school. I forgot where it was. But she said, you know what, Colin? I am so glad that you finally said something. No adults are talking about this. No adults are talking about the fact that we didn't ask for this stuff when we were kids. We didn't ask for the mental health issues that these apps that everyone gave us. We didn't ask for smartphones with addictive games and addictive uh, you know, social media apps. We didn't ask for this stuff. We didn't ask to have our childhoods ripped from us and be thrown on a screen. We didn't ask for parents to be screen addicted to their own phones. You know, she said, if anything, we just wanted a, a fun way to connect with our friends and maybe perform. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that we bring kids to the table when we think about this stuff. So I got that message from this mom and understand this. You know what, kids, let's, 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 let's think about what kids are. Kids are a lot like kind of just mini adults, right? Where we all have needs and desires. Uh, kids right now, uh, that we, we kind of have a, a sticky situation. The fact that kids a lot are home and they're bored. And kids, when their minds are being developed, are very, very high risk thrill seekers. They're kind of like little adrenaline junkies, right? Uh, where they know that if they try this or try that and there's a little risk to it, they're going to get dopamine. And we all want dopamine, right? Uh, one of my friends, Chris McKenna, who runs Protect Young Eyes, talks a lot about uh, the three Bs. I, f I always forget the third one is, but it's something like boredom and bedrooms and nighttime. I'll just say BBN. When you have a teenager with an underdeveloped brain and you give them boredom and you give them a bedroom and then you give them the internet and it's nighttime, this is a uh, equation that's a disaster. And why are we faulting kids, right? They're just, you know, they're, they're sitting there bored. They want to connect. They want to have a thrill. They want some dopamine. Of course, maybe they're going to go out and wander and try something new, try something risky, respond to a stranger and then maybe send a photo. And then that's where kids get burned. Because it always, these people on the other end are so manipulative and so good at what they do. They're not doing this to your kid. They're doing it to thousands of kids. Some of these people have probably been doing this since the internet began. Uh, there's uh, some crazy videos out there. If you haven't watched, I need you to watch. One I shared a couple months ago that Bark, so Bark's a cool app. Bark, uh, one of those apps that you can track and you know monitor your kids' texts and things like that, monitor stuff. Um, look at deleted messages, all this crazy <laughs> Uh, super spy stuff. But Bark had this video they put out a couple months ago uh, where a, a lady who looked very young went undercover as an 11-year-old. And she went on social media. I think she went on Snapchat right away or one of these apps. Um, and she shared the messages that she was getting from these predators. Within minutes, she had multiple grown men, either here in the States or somewhere off in the offshore, that were messaging her, messaging her and already grooming her right away. Uh, usually the first question they'd ask the kid after they posted something on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok uh, was, uh, hey, oh my gosh, that was so adorable. Do you have a boyfriend? Uh, what do your parents think about having a boyfriend? And he's like, this girl is responding as an adult, but she was with the undercover cops and she was, they're kind of guiding her what to say. And so she was responding as an 11-year-old would. And so they're asking questions like, oh my gosh, what do your parents think about having a boyfriend? That was so cute. Hey, what about this? Uh, and just asking questions, just kind of start the conversation. And then the ones that were really blowing uh, everyone's mind were when the groomers and the predators were actually teaching these girls what things were sexually. 
hey, do you know what the word effing means? F, I mean, the F word, do you know what that means? That's like when you're having sex and when this goes into, I mean, these people were literally giving her as a undercover 11-year-old, like basically a sex course in the most awful ways, teaching her right there about oral sex, asking her to take photos of herself, sucking her thumb that he could send back, asking her to take photos uh, between her legs. You have to watch this. I'm sorry. This is what's happening out there. Um, so Bark, go look it up. It was so sad. I shared just part of the screenshots of the texts that, uh, that they had in that, uh, that video from these predators back and forth. Uh, one of my buddies who's a very, very successful, someone I look up to a lot, uh, who's really helped out with our foundation. He, he messaged me and he chimes in every once in a while, but this is someone I, I look up to more than almost anyone. His name's Brad. And he said, he said, Colin, I just want to tell you that I went through your message, uh, your stories today. And he said, I am just livid that this is actually something happening. Uh, so check that out. Now, one other video that I saw and I kind of shared part of today was uh, as the world changes uh, and as evil starts to get even worse and worse and more prevalent and, uh, and good is called bad and bad is called good, if you're looking at scripture references there, whatever. Uh, here's something that's been shared a lot in the past little bit from an actual TED Talk. Let's, uh, let's listen up. I want to quickly summarize where we are at the moment. According to current research, pedophilia is an unchangeable sexual orientation. Did you hear that? This is a TEDx talk where the speaker said that pedophilia is an unchangeable orientation. Just like, for example, heterosexuality. No one chooses to be a pedophile. No one can cease being one. The difference between... Okay. Um, I don't know if that makes your skin completely crawl, but there was uh, a lot behind this, and there was a New York Times opinion article that came out a while ago. There's been people talking about how uh, pedophilia is going to be looked at in the near future as just something normal. Um, something normal that you can't change, and they're trying to get the same status as our uh, LGBTQ friends and family members um, to be uh, one of these groups uh, and to be protected. And so the, the things they do, uh, they can't be punished for, you know? So if they go after kids and they go after uh, and sexual predate upon kids on social media or in real life, that it's going to be not, not a crime, but something that's going to be needing, you know, therapy and medication for. So the world's going to crap uh, even further, <laughs> And I, I share that with you not to scare you at all, but just to open your eyes and understand that uh, the world is going, evil works very hard. And so as parents, we've got to work even harder. So today we're going to talk a bit about now, uh, how is this happening? Uh, if you have young kids, this is going to be important to understand. If you have kids, this is going to be important to understand. If you have teenagers, it's going to be important to understand how it's already happened to a lot of them. So how are they going after your kids? So uh, social media is uh, absolutely number one, by far number one. Uh, how these pedophiles and these predators are going after your kids. So let's talk about Instagram first. Uh, Instagram has been a disaster for a lot of reasons. Uh, I only use it because it's a platform I can share my message and I like to fight fire with fire. Um, but Instagram has been a disaster and one of the biggest perp uh, perpetrators of letting this happen. Uh, all thanks to the DMs. Uh, so a, a pedophile, so your kid, uh, you know, your minor, your kid posts, uh, you know, a photo or a selfie or something, you know, at a pool in a swimsuit, something like that. Uh, they can get hit up with messages from people, you know, again, acting and pretending that their kid's their age. If not, they just come straight out and say, hey, you look sexy, um, you know, and they start a conversation right there. Now, to a lot of uh, parents, they say, well, no kid would fall into that. Uh, I've taught my kid. When they're bored and they're sitting in their bedroom and they're not talking to people, any amount of attention is good attention. Okay, so don't 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 think that uh, you know, these underdeveloped brains are going to be able to just turn everything away. Um, that's number one. So Instagram direct messages are horrible. Now your kids will get messaged uh, a lot of times from porn bots. If uh, I did a, a actual survey, kind of a research, uh, maybe about a year ago on my own page, um, where I asked, uh, I polled the kids who follow me. I I got about a thousand replies. I said, how many of you get porn links sent to you in your direct messages at least once a month? Uh, 73% of kids were getting those at least once a month. The majority of them were getting them sent at least once a week, some several a day. Um, 73% of minors on Instagram were getting these. I asked the 25 and older men, 
How many of you get those on your Instagram? How do you get porn links and porn bots and messages with pornography? Uh, messages sent to you uh, in your Instagram DMs, and it was like 46%. And then for women 25 and up, it was like in the teens. So they're obviously targeting children through social media apps like Instagram. Uh, Snapchat, which is uh, by far absolutely the worst thing that has ever had. Did anyone hear me say that? The absolute worst app ever created as far as what we're talking about right now with allowing a platform to allow sexual predators to go after kids. Uh, if we could go back in time, you always hear the stories like if you go back in time and like stop Hitler, I would go home, I would go back in time, stop Evan Spiegel and be like, hey, the guy who started Snapchat, I'd be like, hey, don't, don't you wanna be like an artist maybe? Like, aren't you, wouldn't you rather be into sculpting than creating this mess? So parents, remember this, that Snapchat was created uh, back in the day for one reason, one reason only. It was for the ability for people to send photos that uh, can then be, uh, that, that can then disappear. This is why it was created. The filters to make you look funny and to do the swaps back and forth, and I used them too back in the day before I do them my account. Uh, a couple years ago. Uh, they were funny and silly. That was just a front. That's it. Just a front. So when parents open it up and like, oh, I heard this app is for sending nude photos. Wait, what's this? Oh, you can make it look like you're puking rainbow guts. Oh, what's, oh that looks funny. <laughs> and they let their kids use it. So how are people using Snapchat? Snapchat, uh, if your kid has Snapchat, this has already happened to them uh, for the most part, even if their account is private, where they are getting messaged uh, by people. So predators go out and find actual photos and they find photos on the internet of other kids. They have them on file. They have a, whole, a lot of these people have like a laptop with files of different kids with photos they found on the internet and the, and they message it, right? They send a message. They say, Hey, you look cute. I'm in your area or I'm 16 or I live somewhere else. And they start a conversation. I've seen a lot of these conversations and they're very, very harmless at first. Uh, and then things get a little bit riskier when they say, hey, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then they send a photo that they found, which, of course, the, your kid thinks is them, of them, you know, playing baseball or them maybe at the beach. And then they ask for one of you and they send it back. And this goes back and forth. And then they get a little bit more risky. And that predator then sends your kid uh, a photo of them with just in their underwear or just brown panties. Um, and they ask for one, too. That's where it then goes back and forth, Right. Uh, and Snapchat uh, is horrible. If your kid has Snapchat, it's not a matter of if this will happen, it's a matter of when. Uh, the percentage of kids who have been asked for nude photos, if they have Snapchat, I'm going to say is at least high 99.9s. So don't ask your kid, has this ever happened? Ask, ask them, when was the last time? Now let's go to TikTok. I was going to do an entire, and I probably still will, do an entire, uh, uh, entire podcast on just TikTok. <laughs> There's been a lot of news lately about the government, our U.S. government wanting to ban TikTok. And of course, you know, we would love to see that happen. It's been banned in uh, uh, India just recently and like 50 other countries. The U.S. military's banned it. Uh, someone sent me a, uh, an article saying that Amazon sent an email to all their employees saying that they need to take it off their phones, which then, of course, Amazon redacted. Um, so TikTok... Uh, and the government, of course, the U.S. government at least, was saying that we should ban this. Of course, they were saying to ban it because it's owned by China, and someone reverse engineered it. They posted a whole thing about this, which I shared, how basically TikTok is just malware. They can spy on everything you're doing. They can spy on everything that you're using while you're using their app. But I don't know if parents realize this. Most apps can do that anyways. Uh, and, and, and TikTok is owned by China, so there's a lot of people freaking out, thinking that, uh, that they're going to sell the data to communist China, and you can use your imagination from there. So why do I hate TikTok? TikTok is predator Disneyland. Um, so many parents are okay with their little eight, nine, six, 10, 12 year old girl or boy uh, having a TikTok account and uh, you know following along and seeing what the trends are and posting videos of them doing the same thing. Um, parents, do, do you understand that if your daughter has a TikTok account, especially and she's a minor and she's doing the same dances, right? Which if you've been on the app, I hope you have. Uh, and you can see what the dances that go viral are. They're very, very stripper-like. I mean, everything is gy gyrate those hips, baby. That's what this is. The the moves are very, very sexual. Um, but again, they're kids, right? You know, very, very risk-adverse at that point. High-risk thrill-seekers looking for the dopamine, looking to get liked. And, and TikTok promotes the sexiest, least amount of clothes on their For You page. If you want to go TikTok, get TikTok famous and go viral, uh, pretty much the MO that kids realize very quickly is that, okay, less amount of clothes as possible, the most amount of uh, skin showing, and let's dance as sexy as we can. Um, 
TikTok is a disaster for this. The hyper-sexualization of our young, young kids. I'm talking six, seven, eight, and nine. I don't know if a lot of you parents know this too, that if your kids or your kids' friends have TikTok, they're not just dancing like that and being viewed by anyone. Now, of course, they can have a private account, but still, there's always, you know, like I said, life and creepos find a way. Um, the TikTok dances are being viewed by gross men. Okay, I don't know how many of you would be okay with your daughter dancing like that in front of a row of like 40, 56-year-old guys who live in their basement who are unemployed that are sexual predators and pedophiles. None of you would let that happen, but that's what you're letting happen when they're on TikTok doing these dances. Teaching girls to dance, teaching girls the worst things that your value, and if you want to be seen, heard, loved, if you want to go viral, if you want to get all the dopamine that you're looking for, this is how you do it. Dance like this. Mouth and, and lip sync is F words and N words and P words. I don't know if I don't I don't know if most of the parents realize that if your kid has that, their friends do that. They're mouthing songs that are just the worst things ever. Uh, gaming devices. So like the lady today with the message I started with, um, kicked it off. She said this this happened. I mean this this predator got to her fourteen year old son through Xbox through Minecraft. Okay. Any device that can access the internet, smart TVs, right? Xbox, PS4s, right? iPad, Roblox, any of these games where there's a private chat feature is done. That is no longer a part of your family. That is no longer a part of your kid's life. You want to keep your kids safe? Any way, any, any type of device or game or app where they can access private chat to strangers is a, no, is a total deal breaker, Okay. Uh, Roblox, that's a fun one. Minecraft, if, if the private chat is on there, it is a disaster. There's so many kids that tell me on Roblox how through, just through the chat, getting just bullied to death on games that look like they're games that four-year-olds play, okay? Uh, one more thing about Snapchat I wanna mention. If you don't know what Snap Maps are, check it out. Uh, if, you're, if your kids allow anyone to follow them on Snapchat, they can follow where your kids are on Snap Maps. So Snap Maps is this funny like Google map where you can see where the people that are you follow and they follow you are at. And, and kids use it to bully each other. They use it to you know get in problems with relationships. You know, I've had guys tell me, oh, I broke up my girlfriend and then she was like tracking me on Snap Maps and, and she saw I was at like some girl's house and she started freaking out and then she exposed some photos I had sent her, which then you know caused a huge problem. So that's a disaster. So be careful with the gaming devices too. I got a message from mom today after I posted the Minecraft lady story. Uh, she said, oh, my kid use, has a, a, a Nintendo Switch to play Minecraft and there's no chat on there, is there? Uh, don't ask me. Just go look it up. Okay. Uh, the other apps that are that suck that should never exist that you need to go check out and make don't check out, but just make sure your kids don't have uh, things like Kick, K I K, Ubo, Loom, Omegle. Uh, what I uh, do about every couple of weeks is I'll go to the App Store and I will go to uh, I'll just type in Chat with Strangers to see how many Chat with Strangers apps there are. Chat with Strangers, let's see here. You would think that this isn't even something that exists. There's an entire business around here. Oh my gosh. Uh, board chat with strangers, that's one. Uh, anonymous chat something, Vimo is a new one. Here's one, sex actions, that's one you can get. Stranger, chat with strangers, show me. Uh, the amount, oh my gosh, sugar meat. Paul, Palatog, YOLO dating, texting with no E. There's like, there's there's a whole business here. Uh, one of the worst ones, of course, uh, besides Snapchat is Loom. Loom is something they can use with Snapchat where they can talk anonymously to strangers. Uh, and that's a disaster because that's, again, pedophile Disneyland. One of the worst apps and uh, websites ever created is Omegle, O-M-E something G-L-E, where uh, kids can be randomly paired with a video chat, uh, kind of like roulette, uh, like Russian roulette, where they can just anonymously, not anonymously, but just uh, spontaneously a video pops up and it's someone at home. Uh, and they can chat with that person. It's a total stranger. Uh, trigger warning, if you want to plug yours for this one. Uh, I had a 15-year-old girl message me. She said, my 13-year-old sister, this is about a month ago. I didn't share it because I didn't want to. Uh, so I will hear. Uh, my 13-year-old sister and her friends, she came over after a sleepover, and she told me that they were all on Omegle for a couple hours, randomly chatting with random people, just having fun, laughing their heads off. And then a guy, uh, very quickly, uh, they went to the next video, and it was a guy totally naked out there with his genitals, um, just doing stuff with his body in front of them. And that happens all over that stupid app. 
so they, what the uh, what the predators usually do is they uh, they go after the kids on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, or or one of these games. Fortnite is a big one too. My gosh, if there's the chat feature with strangers on there, please fix that. Don't let that happen with your kids. Uh, so they, they go on there and they start grooming the kids and asking questions. And then they ask them to download. A lot of times I ask them to download a different app called like kick KIK or one of these anonymous messaging apps. Uh, I've seen predators where actually they'll teach your kids how to download other apps that will, then they can hide these under. So some of your kids will find an app like a calculator. It looks like a calculator or a different app where it, it can hide kind of almost like a second interface on your kid's phone where that's where they keep their photos that they don't want you to see. That's where they keep the apps they don't want you to see. I have the calculator app. I, so you, your phone has a calculator already on if you have an iPhone. But then it has, I have the second one that looks, and I, I've, I'm showing this to you like you can see it. <laughs> uh, it looks just uh, like a regular calculator. If I type in two plus two equals chicken, that's four. But if I clear it out and if I type in a code 4426, uh, so the code I did was 4426 and then a percentage, a whole different screen pops up with all these albums where you can hide stuff. The fact that they actually make that is ridiculous. Uh, and so learn these things, right? Learn about those apps. Don't be afraid of them. Uh, please don't be afraid. Please don't give your kid the apps and just think everything's going to be okay. Uh, I get that message from parents a lot of times too. Hey, uh, my daughter, she's nine. All of her friends have TikTok and, uh, and, and they're always on it all the time when they hang out. I don't know anything about it. Do you think it's okay for my daughter to have it? What should I be worried about? And my first response is, okay, if you're going to let your kid go hang out at a sketchy house with boarded up windows and crazy, creepy tweakers walking in and walking out and graffiti all over the walls and dead cat carcasses and something very sketchy, you're going to let your kid go there, right? You're thinking, is it okay? If you're going to let your kid go spend time in a place, wouldn't you go check it out first, right? Wouldn't you want to go spend a little time and see what's there, right? Go download the apps and go see what's out there. Have some fun. I had a mom mess me last week. She said, I set up an account uh, on TikTok and said I was 11 and posted something um, and I was getting messaged instantly from like grown men, She's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Um, I had to see it for myself. So go, go, don't, don't listen to me and don't listen to the adult influencers out there that are promoting TikTok. Don't listen to the ones who promote. If every adult is promoting you, every influencer out there is promoting you, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, use it. There's always a backdoor agenda, right? If, if this is how they make their money is by building a brand on an app like TikTok, they're gonna tell you anything you need to hear right? Anything you need to hear to make you feel like it's okay, because that's how they make their money. Okay. So don't listen to people go, go learn for yourself. Don't listen to some 50 year old guy or lady or 30 year old influencer, you know, say everything's fine. Go, just go do it yourself, right? Go learn for yourself. So how do we, uh, the question I got today, uh, one of the questions I got today was how do I have this conversation with my kid, right? How do I have, could you explain like, what's the best way to have conversation with the kids? So I'm going to go ahead and go through some notes that I've written down. Um, that hopefully will help you having conversations with your kids, not just about sex torsion, but about everything to do with this. So number one, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you're about to go on stage or you're about to give a talk in front of people or you're about to do anything that put you out of your comfort zone and uh, someone looked at you and they said, hey, you know what? Just don't be nervous. And you're like, what? Wait, what? I wasn't. Should wait? Oh my gosh! Should I be? Oh my gosh! Why should I be nervous? I'm nervous. So number one, uh, when you go into these conversations with your kids, don't be nervous. Kids will feed off your energy. If you make it a big deal, they're gonna make it a big deal. So take some deep breaths and calm down, and don't be nervous. Okay, you need to go ahead and go in this with a headstrong and let them know that you're not afraid of this stuff, and, and it's okay to talk about. The reason why kids go explore uh, things like pornography and explore apps that they shouldn't is because we're not talking about it. And if we do, we do it in the wrong ways. For example, I've said this before on stage, the way my dad talked to me about pornography is he basically said, there's a monster in a box under your bed. Don't look at that. And then he walked off, right? And I'm 12 and I'm like, wait, what? A monster? I wonder what it looks like. That only made me want to go look even more, right? So we got to stop being so worried and so nervous and being taboo about it. So don't be nervous about it. Number two is this is, is make sure you're in a situation or a place that works for your kid. 
uh, kids, especially boys, they don't like being face-to-face interviewed about stuff, right? They don't want you to put them across a desk and have you just stare at them eye to eye, right? Go get in the car, put them in the back seat, go for a drive, go shoulder, shoulder to shoulder walks at night where they can't see you as much, right? And go have those conversations, go sit at a park bench where you're not facing each other, right? Just kind of side to side where they can feel a little bit more comfortable and you can feel comfortable too. Uh, number three, uh, one thing I, I like to share, which, uh, we actually learned from a family friend of ours, uh, is I want you to create a space in your house and you can call it what we call ours is we call it the no trouble bubble, the no trouble bubble, the NTB, the no trouble bubble is a place in your house that you, uh, signify to your kids that you actually have to say, Hey, that chair right there, that's the no trouble, bubble. this room, this area, that's what we're going to call the no trouble bubble. And what that means is that that is a place, a safe place where your kids know that if they have a question or if they've been exposed to something or they're worried about something or they want to know something or they messed up on something that they can ask to go to the no trouble bubble. And in that no trouble bubble is where you will sit with them and there's no judgment and there's no shame and there's no overreactions. Uh, it is a place of safety. It is a place of learning it is a place of empathy. Um, and you have to practice this before you go do it. Okay. So, uh, for example, your kid comes home from school. My kid came home from school once is, uh, last year before when I actually went to school. Remember that kids went to school. What was that? What year was that? Uh, and, uh, she came home from school and she's like, dad, I need to go to the no trouble bubble. And I'm like, yes, I love this place, especially for my third grader. <laughs> Cause she's so sweet and it's always funny stuff. And so I sat down with her and I said, okay, Hey, Lullabug, what's up? And she goes, dad, I was at school and it was at lunch recess and a boy said this word and people were like laughing and shocked and, and a girl like yelled at him for it. And I just didn't know what it was. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And she's like, what does the word mean? And I'm like, ooh, yeah, okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, so when we're mad, when people are mad sometimes in French, they'll, I'm just kidding. Uh, the no trouble bubble. So set one of those up in your house. Do it with your teenagers too. Let them know, say, hey, I'm gonna create a space for you that I, I, I was late to the game doing this, but now we have one where I want you to know that this is a place where we can talk. It might be in your car. It might be at whatever. It might be at the place where you go get rubber floats. And let your kids know that there's a place where you're not going to get mad. You're not going to shame them. And so they can feel comfortable. Bring them to the no trouble. If they haven't brought you, bring them and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Come over here. And talk about something. A lot of, a lot of the best ways to have these conversations with your kids is to, is to bring out a story from your own life. Let that as a be a way to lead into it. A lot of times your kids won't share with you what, what they've what they been exposed to or, or mistakes they've made because they're worried that you've never been through that and you're perfect because you never share when you mess up as a kid. Um, and so they're worried, you know, that you're going to judge them. So go to the no trouble sometimes with them and talk about, you know, when I was a kid, you know, one day I was at school and this kid brought this up and he said this to me or he showed me this and, you know, this is how I felt and, and I was really ashamed and I didn't talk to my mom about it. And, uh, you know, now I'm whatever. And I wish I, I wish I would have, you know, now the next part is we have to stop asking, has this ever happened to you or have you ever seen this or has anyone ever done this to you? Stop asking haves and start changing your questioning to when was the last time, right? When my church leader once, when I was 17 or 18 said, when was, he said, Hey, have you ever, uh, when he, uh, he didn't say, have he, he did the way I was asking. He said, Hey, all right, Colin, when was the last time you blah, blah, blah. And I was going this thing like, if he asked me about this and I messed up, I'm just going to pretend and lie or just, you know, be like, oh, I remember that. But when he asked it that way, he said, when was the last time? And he assumed that it had happened, which it had, right? It was so much easier for me to say, yes, that was February, whatever. It was last March. Uh, so stop wondering, you know, has this, uh, you know, has it ever happened or have you ever looked at this or has anyone ever done this to you or have you ever got a message like this or have you ever seen this on an iPad or on a, on a game? Uh, has, have, have you ever been playing a game? my six-year-old and, and uh, on your iPad and, and then suddenly an, an ad popped up for a game and there was like, you know, a girl dressed in an outfit that she shouldn't be wearing. Don't ever ask that. When was the last time this has happened to you? Uh, now the next one, what I want you to do is I want you to, uh, what are we at? Number four, um, do not overreact. Please do not overreact. Do not yell. When your kid says, mom, I need to share with you that I got bit by the snake. Whatever the snake is, sexting, I, I, got, I sent some photos, I saw something on my phone, I was at my friend's house, I was at school and this happened. Whatever it is, vaping, I don't care what it is. When they tell you they got bit by the snake, um, your first thing you do is give them a big long eight second hug. 
And the first thing out of your mouth is, I love you. Thank you so much for being brave enough to tell me this. I, I feel so honored that you would be willing to say this to me and share this with me because I know that was really hard. That's the first thing. Please don't overreact. When my dad found out I got bit by the snake, now this is, of course, pre-internet, uh, like a lot of us have done and a lot of our parents did to us, and I don't know why they did this. Maybe they were all emotionally unavailable baby boomers. Who knows? Uh, it, they screamed. He yelled, right? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did this. Are you serious? What? What were you thinking? Right? <laughs> How many of us got yelled at that when any time we messed up? And understand this, parents, that, and, and, and this is what you did, this is what I did, is when your parents overreact, when they yell at you, uh, all that does is tell you that you need to do a, A, don't tell me about this ever again, and B, you need to just do a better job hiding it. That's all you've told your kid by yelling at them or by overreacting. Don't talk to me about this ever again because what kid wants to be yelled at? None. Number two, hide it better. So that's what I did, and that's what a lot of kids are doing. It, and a lot of times kids will kind of mess with you and they'll, and they'll, they'll kind of like limp into the situation with like a very, very low scale kind of, you know, misdemeanor type deal, uh, just to see how you would react. And based on your reaction, if you're like, you know what? So, be, so what? BFD, no big deal. Uh, I'm really glad you said that. Is everything okay? Are you, are, is everything fine after that? Then they're going to use that as a springboard to say, okay, now I'm going to come in and tell them the big guns, tell them what really happened, right? They come in and you freak out or you scream or you shout or, you know, make them feel like crap. They're, all that's saying is, oh, I'm glad you told me that. I'm not going to share anything with you. So first thing, eight second hug. Number two, I love you. Thank you so much. Can you imagine if every human being, when they messed up, can you imagine what society would look like as a, right now if every one of us adults and older people, when we were growing up and, and we messed up, if our parents would have done that? <laughs> There'd be no wars. We wouldn't need a military. Everything would be happy. Kumbaya. Um, so let's go back over some of these notes here. Uh, oh, a question I get a lot from parents is what age do I start talking about this? What age do I start talking about pornography? What age do I start talking to my kids about sexting, about predators, about, you know, strangers that ask them for things that they shouldn't? Um, one of the messages I got right after I shared the story today from a mom, she said, you know what? Thank you for saying this. I just had a conversation with my kid and it was, it was very, very appropriate for the age uh, he doesn't have a smartphone or an iPad, but his friends do. And I know when he goes to friend's house, I want him to be able to know what to do in those situations or if they talk about it or if they expose him to something. Um, and he was nine. So that's a great year to really start diving into this stuff. So one of my friends, Katie McPherson, she's a big speaker on this stuff. She, uh, she taught me, uh, uh, she uh, calls it the rule of five, which is this, which is five years before uh, five years before you expect your kid to be exposed to something is when you need to start having these conversations. So if the average age someone's being exposed to pornographic material now is about eight to nine, I'm talking three, four, five. It's when we start having conversations. Uh, if you listen to my uh, one of my earlier pornography podcasts uh, or, or podcasts discussing pornography, um, there's a fantastic book. Uh, which is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And I actually am going to be releasing a podcast with Kristen, who is the author of those books, uh, which I'll be releasing soon, or I'll be sharing soon. Uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, the kid version, the, the, the infant, uh, sorry, infant, toddler version, right? That's a great book to start with. Teaching kids about good pictures and what are good pictures and what, what's a bad picture and, and what do you do if you see it, right? Look away, talk to an adult, share it, shut the screen. So the rule of five, five years before you guys are having these conversations, and I know that's scary. And I know that's hard. You start doing, some of you are doing the math in your head right now. Oh my gosh, my, my kid's nine. Like, oh my gosh, I'm two years late. Oh my gosh, my kid's two. Like, I got to start this conversation in two years? Yep, you do. Um, I don't know what else to tell you other than the fact that this is just the crap world that we live in. This, that's the sound of our society right now. Do you hear that? I love my sound effects. This is the sound of values and morals today. Right there. Um, we, we can't be afraid of this stuff anymore. When you're afraid of the technology, and this is this was something that's interesting. There was a, a study done last year, a year and a half ago. Who remembers the study? It was all over the country. And it was the top five things parents are the most afraid of. Uh, number three, four, and five were things like, uh, oh, sex and drugs and rock and roll and all the cool stuff, right? Number one thing was 
my kids' technology. That was the number one thing American parents uh, were afraid of, was my kids' tech, which what? Their smartphone, the social media apps, they have the games they're playing. That was the number one thing kids' uh, parents were afraid of. You got to stop being afraid. You got to stop being afraid. You got to pull the fingers out of your ears. You got to stop saying la, la, la. And you got to stop saying not my kid. Every parent, either through DM or face-to-face after a parent night that has come to me and share with me like Minecraft mom did today, that my son was exposed to a predator through a game or an app. My sons were, uh, I, I, they only had an iPad and I had just YouTube kids and I just realized they've been looking at porn for six months and now we're in therapy. Every, I've heard every, everything. Do you think any of those parents came to me and they're like, oh, we were planning on this happening. We kind of thought it would happen. You know, we're very already low key, very low boundary, no boundaries. We're very free range. We give our kids access to everything without any kind of parental controls. We kind of expect, none of them do that. Every single one in tears told me we thought we were doing everything right. We thought this wouldn't happen. Not my kid. So those have to stop. Stop with the excuses. So uh, a couple other things, uh, start young. So rule of five, start those conversations earlier than you think. Okay. Uh, if your kid's already pretty old and you haven't had those conversations, uh, do it today. Okay. Don't freak out. Remember going to the level head, go to a place that's a safe place. Go create that no trouble bubble. Go get a Rupert flow, go sit in the car, whatever, go to a park bench. Now, one thing that I love that I, uh, I do with my kids is um, I tell them, I say, Hey, uh, I want to make it uh, in my mind. I'm saying this. So let's say this out loud. Uh, I want them to not only uh, feel okay, comfortable talking to me about stuff they might be exposed to, either friend's house or at school or maybe on a Chromebook at school, whatever it is, or whatever. I don't want my kids to only feel like it's okay to talk to my dad because he's not going to yell and he's not going to get mad. I want them to want to bring those up to me. I want them to want to. And so I told my kids, uh, Hey, if you ever or when uh, you see anything pornographic, either at school or at a friend's house or whatever it is, because I know it's going to happen. If you, uh, if and when that happens, uh, I want you to come talk to me about it. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to punish you. In fact, I will reward you. That's right. I had my kids tell me <laughs> what, now there's like a $10, $20 limit, but I said, I will reward you. So my oldest daughter, Avery, who's 14, guess what her reward is? If and when she is exposed to any of this stuff or, uh, you know, if she doesn't have a smartphone, she has, uh, we're doing Gab, uh, which is what all your kids should do. Uh, she didn't have a Gab phone yet. She didn't care about a phone. Uh, I said, if you're ever exposed at a friend's house or at school or anything like that, and you come tell me, and I said, I will reward you with something. What do you want to do? And she's like, what, really? Like, can we go to Target and I could pick out like some earrings or something? I said, heck Yeah. So anytime my daughter, my oldest, is uh, sees anything or, or is exposed to anything, or any, I don't care what it is, uh, she knows that if she comes to talk to me, A, she, she's not going to yell that. B, she's going to get rewarded for this. Okay, my uh, eight, now nine-year-old, oh, nine-year-old, uh, Lola, who's very, very naive, very sweet, very sensitive, anything. I said, hey, what do you want to do? We're going to go ice cream cones. <laughs> she wants an ice cream cone. Uh, and Quincy, uh, is she just uh, wants to go to ice cream too. <laughs> Miles, who is six, uh, he wants a pack of baseball cards. And so they know. So I don't say you have to bribe your kids to do this. You don't have to offer like anything monetary. But what a great, what a great situation that'd be as a kid to know that if I'm exposed and when to any of this stuff, either at a friend's house or my own phone or my own device or my Xbox, whatever it is, Minecraft, whatever, Snapchat, it doesn't matter, TikTok. If I go tell my parents about it, they're not going to get mad. They're not going to take my stuff. They're not going to rip my phone away. They're not going to ground me for a year. They're going to give me a hug. They're going to tell me they love me. They're going to say, I'm so proud of you. And then I'm going to go get an ice cream cone. This is not going to make them want to do it more, right? But what a great situation that would be. Now, the last couple things I want to do. Oh, and I want to mention this too. Uh, Create a word uh, for your kids that if they feel like they need to talk to you and they're too afraid to come say, hey, I need to go to the no trouble bubble, make up a word. In our, in our house, we, the kids have a word. It's just cinnamon. Anything to do with cinnamon. <laughs> so my daughter has the gab phone out. She's with friends and she texts cinnamon. It means I need to talk to you about something. So I usually call her. Uh, we use a word parachute. Parachute means come pick me up no matter what. Don't ask questions. So if they just throw a parachute into a conversation or cinnamon, whatever it was. I got this idea from when we were in college, freshman year. I had some friends. We had a good group of friends. And we would go hang out at parties and we'd go hang out with groups of people. And my friend Wyatt, he goes, hey, we need to make up a word, like a safe word. But it's like, let's get out of here word. 
He said, how about this? If we ever go somewhere and we want to leave and we don't want to like be rude, if anyone says anything to do with soap, anything at all to do with soap, that means we're all going to bail. So we'd go to a party and there was a bunch of people hanging out. And it was just like stupid and we didn't want to be rude. Like someone would be like, hey, uh, does anyone have any Neutrogena face wash? Like, does that work for anyone else? Like, uh, it's really helped my acne. And then you see we all kind of slowly get up and we just leave. <laughs> the best story to that, uh, I have time. Uh, I remember we went into, this is so stupid, but we went into some hotel across the street from the college I went to. Uh, there's a bunch of people. So some girl like told us after class one day, she's like, Hey, come over. We're going to have like a big party. There's a bunch of my friends here. We're going to all have a swim. There's a jacuzzi. And we walk in, there's like me and like five of my buddies. And we walk into this jacuzzi place and there's like 12 dudes and the one girlfriend we had. And she's like, what's up guys? And my buddy White looks at everyone and he just goes, <laughs> soap. And we all just left. So create some words for your kids that they know that they can tell you or text you if they need to uh, have a chit chat with you. Uh, I want you to do weekly check-ins too with your kids. Okay. You can, the, the talk we, we had the talk. What, when, which one? Okay, good. What about like chapter one through 46? There's no more talk. It's the talks, right? So weekly check-ins with your kids. It's, they're going to get bugged. It's Okay. They're going to be like, why do you keep asking about this? Like, I'm just letting you know everything's cool. You can talk to me if you need to. Uh, Weekly check-ins, okay? I can't even tell you how many times that's going to help when kids feel like, okay, well, we're going to have these weekly check-ins. And and, and don't make it weird like this big interview thing. If you listen to the uh, podcast with the Brockbank family with uh, Victory, uh, the girl, 17, and her dad, Brad, um, how awesome that was, how they talked about how he, he said one of the biggest success factors in our family is the fact that I had weekly, not check-ins, but like meals. I'd, we'd go get ice cream one day a week with these, my kids, we'd go get tacos. Remember the taco stand? And uh, my kids knew they could talk about it. So weekly check-ins, random phone checks, right? Make sure you, the kids know that, you know, as they're so risk adverse and they, if you're going to get them access to the technology, they're going to mess up. They're going to do stupid stuff because that's how they're wired, right? Prefrontal cortex not developed till 24 to 30, which is in charge of making decisions. So let them know they're going to have some weekly check-ins. Now I got a message and I think I'll wrap up after this. I got a message. I get these all the time too from parents. A lot of, of course, the parents that follow me, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Most of you are doing the same things that we're doing, which is, you know, very, very, you know, setting boundaries with technology, either full no screen like we are, or, you know, very, very, you know, keeping up on your kids with this stuff. Um, and one of the messages I get a lot is from parents that say, uh, I go in today, and I get these all the time. They're so heartbreaking. Uh, I, I'm going to look it up. A mom told me, and I get these all the time, and she said, you know what? Um, we do our best, and I was so vigilant. I was so vigilant with my, ki- uh, with my kids, making sure that they were safe and protected, making sure that we didn't give them access to any of this technology, uh, talking about it with them. Um, where is it? Okay. Let's see here. Uh, here we go. She said, yes, my child was outside playing in her neighborhood and the playground in front of my house. He and a friend went and sat on the friend's front steps outside. Still, he knows he's not allowed to go inside friends houses. Is that weird? No, it's not. It's not weird. It's not weird to not let your kids go into friends house. It's not weird to not do sleepovers. It's not weird to have conversations with your friend's parents about the phones that your kid have, their kids have, or that they have TikTok. It's not weird. You got to have those conversations. So he knows he's not allowed to go inside the friend's houses. The other, uh, the other kid grabbed his iPad to show my son something on a video game that they had talked about and then showed him porn after. My son was seven. The other little boy was the same age and goes to a private Catholic school. For parents who send their kids to these Christian schools, they need to know that their kid isn't immune either. Right? I had a parent message me once in Houston, Texas that said this literally almost word for word. Colin, I love what you're talking about with pornography and things like that. Uh, my kids, uh, uh, we're Christian. We go to school. Uh, we go to church every Sunday. And she literally said, uh, my son, who's like 15, 16, she said, the best part about uh, Christian boys and going to Christian schools is that they have less hormones than other kids. Did you hear what I just said? Hold on a second. Where is this? They have less hormone. My Christian boy, my Christian sons have less hormones than other kids. <laughs> I'm a Christian boy. I went to school. I went to church every Sunday. 
Have you dated a Christian boy from school? Did you date a boy who went to uh, church every Sunday? We were worse <laughs> than most of the other kids with hormones. Anyways, so back to my story here. Uh, he was only seven. The little boy's the same age. Uh, parents don't think that because your kid goes to Christian school with Christian values that they're not immune to this. It happened through their friends outside across the street. We did a lot of talking with my son and praying too, obviously. He comes to us now daily if he sees anything appropriate. He comes to us now daily if he sees anything inappropriate. Now, if the mom would have screamed at him, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. I freaked out. We got to throw you in therapy right now. Your, your life is over. You'll never trust, you'll never trust again then he's not going to talk to you about it ever again. So obviously this mom, did, uh, Jen, did a really good job. Good job, Jen. He comes to us now daily if he sees anything inappropriate, even if it's just someone in a bikini on a commercial. <laughs> Thankfully, he now knows what is inappropriate and what isn't, but uh, that was gut-wrenching to go through this with a small child. We talk about online prayers with him all the time, and I'm hyper-vigilant. So what do we do about neighbors? Um, that's the message I get from parents a lot. Uh, I'm doing everything I can, but I know my kids are going to go to a friend's house where they're very more lenient and they have these apps and they have these devices and they have these games. What do I do? You've got to educate your kid, educate, talk, 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 make it not a big deal. Let them know. Like I said, everything we talked about today, uh, let them know that if they come or they see or they're exposed to anything. They come home, they look away, they tell a trusted adult, all those things that you've been teaching them, right? With all those multiple talks. Um, but here's the deal. Um, do you remember the village concept? Do you remember do you remember villages? Most of us don't, right? Do you remember us 80s kids? Do you remember like neighbors and like there was kind of like a, a feeling of a community and a neighborhood and a village? And I talk about that a lot when I speak. The the concept of the village is fading, especially in our society today, where everything is turning so inward. Everything's about accumulation, you know. Right now in our society, if you're not grinding constantly, if you're not exhausted with work or with hustling and in your job, and if you don't have a side hustle, like what's wrong with you? Like this, the constant grind is a sign of affluence now at the expense of our kids, at the expense of our neighbors, uh, our community. You can have creepy neighbors and of course you don't want to deal with them. That's, that's one thing, but the village concept is fading and we need to get back to the days where we are being good villagers, where we are talking to each other's, the other villagers in the village, right? Not as a narc, not just tattling, right? Oh, I saw David do this. We're not, gonna, we're not doing that. But being able to have conversations, have conversations. My daughter, who is going to seventh grade next year, uh, had a friend over that I never met, uh, but I knew she had, were, was friends in the school. This was not long ago. And she was a cute kid. And when we were walking around the, we were walking around, we had took him to the, like the pond and we were going swimming. We go there every day pretty much right now. And, uh, and I saw her walking around and she was doing the thing that a lot of girls that age do where they just like, it looks like they have like this like jerk reaction where they're just like doing these dances, summoning the demons looks like exercising the devils, but it's just like a TikTok dance they'd learned. Um, and so I look at that and I'm like, okay, this girl's TikTok on her phone probably, or she's learned it. And you know, uh, so I just know, I just kind of put that in the back of my mind. And then my daughter says, Hey, I want to go to uh, this friend's house. and I want to go talk to her or go hang out. And of course, my first thought is, okay, cool. Like, let's look and make sure everything's okay. And I, I literally had no problem telling my daughter, I said, hey, I need to talk to your mom first and just, you know, see where they're at. Um, and so we had a conversation. Yep. Uh, where it was like, hey, uh, oh my gosh, Quincy loves your daughter and I'm so excited for the hangout. We had so much fun at the beach and she wants to come hang out. Uh, I just want to let you know where I stand with technology and with, uh, especially with social media, social media apps and smartphones and things like that. Uh, and here's why uh, I just want to make sure because I need to make sure that every our kids are safe because a lot of parents like me, I didn't know anything about this. And so this is the conversation I was having, right? Uh, now, luckily, a lot of people, of course, all my the kids in my neighborhood, they know who I am and my, the parents or my friends, they already know who I am and, you know, how strongly I feel about this stuff. Um, but the, the mom wrote back and she's like, you know what? We're so on the same page. She didn't, she didn't have a smartphone. Uh, I think she learned TikTok dance from like a big, like an aunt somewhere. Uh, but we're totally on the same page with you. Uh, there's no smartphones over and, and there's no iPads. And, uh, and you know, I haven't said that. I'm like, if they're going to hang out, like my daughter, the rule is if iPads come out or if smartphones come out, uh, Quincy needs to come home. And it's not that I don't trust you. It's I don't trust the internet. And again, this is for my career, doing research and understanding this stuff. Um, so I did it in a very non-shaming way. And it, was, it, it wasn't like condescending. It wasn't making it look like, oh, look how smart I am. And you don't care about it. It wasn't that at all. But it was just a very, very blunt and just a very, hey, I just need to make sure you understand like this is where our family is. And this is the rule. And, and so if iPads come out or smartphones come out, then she comes home. And these are the conversations we've had, we just have. Um, I am not going to let my kids 
uh, have their innocence robbed from them because I'm afraid of what someone I don't even know thinks. I'm not, I don't care. I could care less. There's so many other people they can hang out with. I, I could care less. Uh, we need to put our kids' safety, happiness, health, all those things, and mental health especially, in front of worrying about how we look in front of other people. Uh, as Gary Vee said, caring about what other people think about us as parents has been the devastation of our society. And so stop being afraid uh, to have those conversations. Uh, stop being afraid. Start a book club. Go get Glow Kids. Start a book club where you're like emailing, you know, a Facebook group with your neighborhood. You know, just saying woke parents of what Glendale, whatever it is. And just where we're sharing these conversations. Okay. There are parents out there who are doing everything right and still worried. And it's, and it's a good thing to worry because your kids can get exposed. If you educate your kids, you teach them, you have those conversations, you make it a safe place. It's going to be okay. They're going to be fine. Uh, but there's a lot of parents out there who really have kind of checked out on their kids' safety and they're free range parenting their kids and there's no boundaries and they give the kids access to all this stuff. And I don't understand this at all. Uh, we can go into why they do that later. Um, Understand that uh, you can't prepare the road for your kid. You have to prepare your kid for the road, right? So as much as we want to keep our kids safe, we got to realize that we got to have these conversations. It's okay. And you know what? You're going to lose friends after, over it. You're going to, your kids are going to not hang out with certain people over it. And that, and you got to let them know that that's okay too. Um, we need to get people in our bunker that are trained for this battle we're fighting, that understand the battle and understand the enemy. Um, and the enemy is the technology and the predators out there that are sitting there dressed like 14 year olds. And they, they're, Hey, what's up? It's Mick Braxley, L E I G H Z Z umlaut U. Um, oh my gosh, let's talk. Do you have a boyfriend? Like, Oh my gosh, have you ever shown photos? This is happening and it's out there and they're all over the place and we're giving them, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, the culture is going to give them a status where they're going to be protected. Eventually it's going to happen. I mean, hopefully it doesn't. And so uh, have these conversations uh, with the people in your village and it's okay. And it's okay if we lose friends and it's okay because you know what, let's just care more about our kids than what other people think. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know if that was worth it. I hope you guys are still listening. Uh, share this podcast with anyone. If you, if you need, uh, if you felt something about this and you feel like you can't say this to your sibling or, or your cousin or your friends or your neighbors, uh, but you want them to hear it, just send them, send them a link to it. Uh, and let's, uh, let's be good villagers again. Uh, and I want to make sure you understand too that uh, if your kids have gone through this and let them know that it's okay. A lot of kids have bounced back from this. So if they've been exploited or, or extorted for this, they're going to be okay. They can live happy, amazing lives. It's not going to be a big deal. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow me at Colin Carter on Instagram. Send me an email. Hey, Colin, at save the kids on us. Go give your kids a second hug. We'll see you next time.